Insurance and Injury Law Show. Yeah, the number anytime, one 990 9646 It is help at All kinds of stuff to cover today with James and Savan. We'll also get to the injury calculator in depth and probably run it through case, uh, a few cases through that. Uh, in any regard, we always start with the week that was. Who's going to go first? Who flipped the coin? I'm going to go first, oh, wow. John. All right. Uh, let's start off from a question that was posted to one of our websites, mydisabilityquestions.com. This one comes from uh, Marie in Hamilton, and here's what she writes. My LTD benefits were denied, and the insurance company said I can file an appeal within 30 days and or seek legal advice. Mm. My doctor has written more reports and come up with a treatment plan. I want to file an appeal with this new information. My question is, if I send in an appeal and this is denied, can I then obtain a lawyer to appeal again? (laughs) I kid you Uh not, uh, John. This question was actually posted. And, you know, I'm not faulting Marie for posting this question. This is, I think, an obvious question to a lot of people out there who haven't listened to the show and are not aware of everything that James and I have been saying now uh, for months and months and months, if not years. Don't appeal if you've been cut off or denied long-term disability claims. The insurance company is always going to invite you to do that. Every denial or cutoff letter they send you will have at the bottom a paragraph that states that you have the right right? They're giving you that right to appeal within 30 days, the denial or cutoff. First of all, your rights don't expire after 30 days. So you are under no obligation to do anything for those 30 days. Secondly, if you appeal, you are essentially throwing the ball back to to the insurance company. And, you know, what are you expecting them to, you know, to do with it? They're basically going to come back and they're going to say, at some point, we reviewed everything. We still don't think that you qualify under the criteria of disability, of total disability. You're going to get denied again. Remember, you have two years to start a legal claim with respect to your LTD claim. And that clock starts ticking the first time that you get denied. You don't need to wait those two years. In fact, you should not wait even a day before calling us. Why? Because we can tell you very quickly after reviewing the denial letter and your medical documents if you have a legal claim or not. Now, to answer Marie's question, if she sends in the the documentation for an appeal and she gets rejected again, which I suspect will happen, can she then come to us? Yes, of course she can. We can help you after you file an appeal and after you try a second appeal and a third appeal, but why, why waste that time? All you're doing is frustrating yourself. All you're doing is just stretching the time and essentially, you know, giving the insurance company what they want, which is, you know, the the, um, uh, the, the time the they ability, need. The time, yeah, yeah. The, the, the time they have to just, you know, come up with more excuses as to why you should not be getting the money that's rightfully owed to you. I'm going to uh, just pick that up for a second yep. and disagree with one small thing that Savon said. And w- it's this. Um, they will not invite you to appeal after every denial. The one denial where they will not invite you to appeal is if it's two years after they've denied your initial <laughs> they claim. Don't care. At that point, they're going to what they're going to yeah. say is they're closing their file, and that's really what they want. They want to drag it out for two years, and once they've done that, once they've kept you from starting your claim, they're going to close your file, and they're not going to allow you to appeal or do anything. And even if they allowed you to, to appeal, we know it wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. But you're done at that point, so don't wait. Start the claim right away. That number, by the way, one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Something else I wanted to mention about this particular question, John. You know, let's just pick up that one sentence that Marie wrote. My doctor has written more reports and has come up with a treatment plan. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I think the reason why she writes that her doctor came up with more reports is because oftentimes insurance companies, when they deny your claim for disability, they say that they have insufficient medical documentation to support your disability. 
you know, that phraseology, insufficient medical documents, almost presupposes that they just don't have what they need to make an informed decision that will allow them to accept you. And often what we find is they have more than enough documentation. I mean, I've had, you know, doctors and psychologists just call me out of the blue after listening to the show and running the cases that they're dealing with, that their patients are dealing with the, with the insurance company by me and saying, what else does the insurance company need? And I have to tell them, it's not about what you've given them on what, or, or, or what, you've, what you haven't given them. Yeah. It's about the fact that they are trying to frustrate your patient, make your patient just give up so that they can be left holding the bag of money that is owed to your patient. That's the reality, unfortunately. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number, and uh, injurycalculator.ca if you want to find out what the pain and suffering component of your claim should be. We'll get to that in a little bit. A couple minutes to go here, James. You might as well get into uh, to what you got. What's going on? I had an LTD case that came to mediation last week, and there were two issues that came up that we deal with from time to time. And I thought it'd be useful to share that with our listeners. So by way of background, uh, my lady was a security guard and she suffered some cardiac problems and then eventually became so stressed and had so much anxiety about these issues happening again that it morphed into something else. It morphed into emotional and psychological issues. So she was initially approved for her long-term disability benefits, but then was cut off. And when they denied her, they said it was for two reasons. The first, they said, was because uh, her doctor had reported a lack of symptoms, and I'll get to that in one second. And the second reason was because they said that her emotional issues were related to her work only and were not across um, other circumstances. So the issue with the lack of symptoms, what had happened is they have these forms that they require the doctors to fill out, and the doctor had provided his file as well. And his file, you know, it covers all of her symptoms over many, many months. And there's no question that she was suffering. But he fills out this form, and the form has a box where you can check the extent of psychological stressors. He checks five. Five out of five means severe. The extent of her functional limitations, five out of five, severe. And then there's a box to list symptoms, and he left it blank, which is unfortunate. He didn't leave it blank because she didn't have symptoms. He left it blank because he was fed up with filling out the forms because <laughs> he's been doing this for a while and she actually had another insurance claim that was ongoing. It's understandable but unfortunate because the insurance company decided that even though her, phys- her functional limitations and psychological stressors were indicated as severe, that the empty box must mean he, he thinks she doesn't have any symptoms, which was ridiculous. Um, the point of that is you want to make sure that your doctors are taking the time to fill out the forms. I know it can be difficult communicating with your doctors, um, and they're not always going to have the time to do it the way that we would like, but to the extent that you can have a conversation with them, it can be helpful. The other issue that the insurance company had brought up, as I mentioned, is the emotional issues being related to work only. Um, and in that regard, um, I think Something that people don't understand is that you can be suffering from a psychological condition um, or have emotional issues, but if they are only related to your specific employment, in other words, your job at the Acme company is causing you particular Mm -hmm. stress, but if you have the same job somewhere else, most policies are going to allow them to deny you on that basis. And that's quite legitimate. And they were arguing that that's what had happened in this case. 
Um, it didn't, and there was plenty of evidence to suggest otherwise, but I just wanted to make sure that our listeners understood the distinction between emotional issues that are related specifically to your own job versus your employment generally. If you have, um, you know, general anxiety or depression, and that is going to come up in any number of circumstances and in your job, that counts. That entitles right. you um, to benefits if you pass the criteria. But if it only relates to your specific job, oftentimes you could get denied, and that might be legitimate in those circumstances. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. The number it is help at the insurance lawyer Lots more to go here as we continue with the insurance and injury law show. It's Global News Radio six forty Toronto. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. You want to get a hold of Savannah or James? That is the way to do it. Email is help at the insurance And if you haven't gone to this website, fightformyltd.com. I know Savannah will talk about that in just a little bit. But another case you wanted to, to wanted to bring up, Savannah? Yeah, John. We had the lady uh, who works as a legal assistant uh, for a prominent firm downtown Toronto, and uh, she she has been diagnosed with um, with a neurological condition called dystonia. Uh, which is a which is um, a movement disorder syndrome, uh, and, and essentially it, it resembles a tremor. She has issues with her hands and her fingers, and as you can imagine, as a legal assistant, yeah. she's going to have difficulties uh, being able to do her work. And so, you know, she had that towards the end of 2016. She went off on disability, and uh, then transitioned into long-term disability. Her neurologist uh, had said that she's going to have difficulty going back to work because, you know, you're dealing with uh, with a neurological condition that's not getting any better. She's going to see various other specialists. Now, the insurance company, the, L, the long-term disability insurer here, uh, is is claiming that the specialists that she's seeing who have provided who has provi- who have provided uh, documentation supporting her disability are not providing sufficient documentation mm-hmm. or enough information to support the fact that she can't work. In fact, the insurance company even sent an occupational therapist to her house, you know, to to assess her and to figure out what is the extent of her impairment. And and believe it or not, John, they even tried to get her to return back to work. And of course, the law firm is having difficulty with that because she needs the use of her hands. Well, uh, she just got a letter uh, the the last week of April stating that uh, they will cut off her LTD benefits, but that they will pay her a lump sum payment until March of next year of 2019, and that's the two-year mark for her LTD. So again, what does that mean? Why are they offering this lump sum t- uh, uh, payment for for the, the two years, the remainder of the two years? Because in long-term disability policies, the first two years, as we've often uh, you know discussed on the show, the question is whether or not you can do your own job. Are you disabled from performing your own job? Mm-hmm. Beyond the two-year mark, to be able to get LTD, you have to meet a new, more stringent test, which uh, which essentially says, can you do any other job for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience? Now, because this lady is fairly young, I think it's understood that she may be able to retrain and may be able yeah. to, you know, be able to do something else where she doesn't use her hands. I'm not sure what kind of job that would entail, uh, but, you know, she's contacted us and we're going to be able to help her. But, you know, there is another element here, which is whether or not the law firm that she's working with is accommodating her. And, and, you know, the reason I'm bringing this up is because oftentimes people who come to us with long-term disability issues and claims when they've been denied or cut off disability, they also experience issues at their workplace. And even James uh, alluded to that, in fact, talked about that in the context of a mediation that he had last week. 
you know, the issue of someone who is feeling significant stress or depression or anxiety as a result of circumstances at work. Remember, we have employment lawyers as well, and our employment lawyers and disability lawyers work hand-in-hand to maximize the amount of compensation that individuals are entitled to. So this lady here is suffering, unfortunately, from a neurological condition that's disabling her from working. The insurance company says, we're going to pay you to the two-year mark, but maybe she's entitled for more than that. So she shouldn't accept that lump sum without speaking with us, which is exactly what she's done, and we're going to be able to help her. Again, the lesson here for listeners, even if the insurance company is offering you a nice big check to resolve your long-term disability claim, remember, once you accept that settlement, once you sign on the dotted line, you are, you're essentially uh, saying to the insurance company, I will not have any more claims. I agree that this amount of money you're paying me extinguishes my rights to any future yeah, LTD claims. Shut her down, exactly, yeah. with respect to this particular ailment and this particular policy. So be very careful of doing that before speaking with us. Just picking up on what you were saying, um, in terms of having issues with your own employer when you've been denied or cut off your long-term disability benefits, that's a pretty common thing to happen. And it's understandable. Your employer, you know, they're, they're not doctors and they've farmed out the responsibility for determining whether or not you're able to come back to work to this insurance policy and the information they get back from the insurer says that they're denying the claim. So, you know, the employer may well think, okay, well, if the claim's been denied, they must be okay, and start asking um, the employee whether or not they're coming back to work. And so that comes up all the time, but it's usually pretty easy to deal with. Usually, as long as the employer knows that the employee is not accepting the insurer's decision, that the employee intends to bring a legal claim or has brought a legal claim, um, it's usually not a problem getting the employer to maintain their employment status um, just on a without pay basis until it's resolved. There can be bigger issues that come out of that. And as Savan was just talking about, of course, uh, we certainly have a team of employment lawyers that are well-equipped right. to deal with that when it happens. But usually we can deal with the employer directly and not have it go further until the disability issue has been resolved. Number anytime, by the way, one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. We'll flip over to an email. You want to send one? That is easy. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Global News Radio, six forty Toronto. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. You want to find out what the pain and suffering of your claim should be. Injurycalculator.ca as well. So, persons injured in an accident or uh, any accident for that matter, car accident, should they start a claim against whoever is at fault for compensation, or should they apply for a LTD or both same time? Well, that's a good question because a lot of times you're going to have multiple insurance policies you can access. So first of all, if you're in a car accident and you're injured, whether or not you're at fault, uh, you're, in, you're entitled to accident benefits from your own insurance company. Okay, that's very important. If you can't work, you're going to be entitled to income replacement benefits uh, up to usually $400 a week. And there's a whole bunch of other benefits and we can help you with that. Now, if someone else caused the accident, you also have potentially what's called a tort claim, which is a claim against that person and that person's insurance company. By that person, by the way, I mean whoever caused the accident, their insurance company will respond. So now potentially you're dealing with two insurance companies, yours, as well as the insurance company of whoever caused the accident. But what if you have a a, a third insurer here that you can potentially access benefits from for short-term disability or long-term disability? And oftentimes, you know, we find ourselves helping our clients navigate through those uh, 
those insurance policies, which, you know, each one of them is asking for a deduction of the other. So what we do is we tell the individual, irrespective of what you're getting from your own insurance company, your accident benefits, and irrespective of what we're claiming from the long-term, sorry, from the tort insurer Mm -hmm. for the person who hit you, if you have long-term disability uh, coverage, you should be accessing that. And, you know, at some point, inevitably, as we see in many cases, you are likely going to get pushback from one or all of these insurance companies. And this is where it's really critical, you know, for us to have a conversation with you as to the strategy and how we're going to proceed with making a claim against all these three insurance companies. And ideally, what we want to do is bring all these three insurance companies to the table together and make sure that we're able to, again, maximize what it is that you as the injured individual is able to get from all three insurers. Uh, you know, oftentimes what we see with, with people who are trying to do the, you know, this on their own or, or if, if they have lawyers who don't have expertise uh, in, in either long-term disability or car accidents and are trying to uh, do one and not the other is that it becomes a mess. And so what happens, let's say if you have only one or two insurance companies at the table, but the third one is not there, you're going to have a problem with the insurance companies who've attended who are saying this is the max what we're going to pay. If you want more, go to this other third you know, insurance company and knock on their door and ask for more. So very important to understand that if you are injured as a result of someone else's negligence, we have to engage as many of the insurers that are available to you in, o- in order to trigger as many of these policies as possible so we can maximize the compensation that you're entitled to. The number is one 9646 And uh, by the way, the email address is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca, which is where I'm going to go right now. Trevor uh, writes in, says, my brother had an accident a year ago and applied for LTD for his injuries, which were pretty bad. He hasn't been able to go back to work because of the doctors called a traumatic brain injury. The insurer denied him and we appealed twice, but the insurer is still saying that they don't agree that his injuries are that bad. My brother's 45 and worked as a physiotherapist. I don't know how to help him and his family. At this point, his wife just wants to stop chasing the insurer, retiring or not. Uh, but I'd like to, you guys to speak with her. Do you think uh, he has a case? Based on, Trevor, based on what you're writing about your brother's case, it certainly sounds like he has a case. If he's got the support of his doctors and there's a traumatic brain injury, yeah. um, I would venture to guess he has a pretty strong case. And so, you know, we've talked already on this show and frankly, every show about appeals. And I'm not going to belabor the point other than just to remind everyone, don't appeal. Come to us, give us a call, and we will start a legal claim if you have a valid basis. And it certainly sounds like your brother does. The part in here that I bumped on, John, is the part uh, where Trevor's saying his sister-in-law wants to stop chasing the insurer. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what they want. That is exactly what the entire system is designed to do. Just to burn you out, right? To break you down and to make you think that there is nothing that you can do about it and that no matter what you do, you're just going to keep getting denied. That's why they've created this internal appeal process. They control it and they can just keep you in limbo for the two years until, you know, the time runs out. Don't do it. Start a legal claim. The advantage to that is immediately you're not chasing the insurer anymore. They're chasing you. They're chasing you because now you've taken the ball out of their court and now they don't have the ultimate power to decide your fate. The other great part about it, of course, is that as a client, you no longer have to deal with the insurance company. Yeah, they're actually chasing you. That's right. (laughs) We are going to deal with them for you. So all of this frustration that your sister-in-law is very understandably feeling right now, 
goes away. She doesn't have to deal with them anymore. We will do that. So don't get you know intimidated by the insurance company. It is exactly what they want you to do, but it is easily avoidable. I also want to say that, uh, you know, Trevor, you, you mentioned that you don't know how to help him and his family, but just by virtue of contacting us, mm-hmm. you've done that. You, you've, you've done that because, you know, a lot of times when we speak with people, you know, they're amazed that we are telling them that they have a lot more power than they think they do. You know, as James said, which is correct, the system is designed to frustrate you because if you get frustrated and you simply walk away the insurance company is left holding the bag full of money that's owed to you and your family. So for anyone out there who's like Trevor, who knows someone, someone close to them, whether it's a friend or a work colleague or a family member who is experiencing these issues, don't simply let them get frustrated to the point of not standing up for their rights. Again, remember, once we get into the picture, we are the ones pushing back against the insurance company. The other thing that I will tell you, John, is that once we start a legal claim, the insurance company is going to start chasing us. Mm -hmm. Why? Because as soon as we start a legal claim and they have now a lawyer that's retained, whether it's in-house or a law firm that they've hired to defend the claim, they are now burning through money. They don't like to burn through money. They like to make money. So by virtue of us starting a legal claim, we are now making it cost them money. So for them to cut the bleed, they have to come to the table and negotiate with us. And so that's one of the tools that we use that they have no power and control over. So that's why, you know, James and I say, come to us, don't simply give up. If after speaking with us, you decide that you don't wanna do anything, you still rather just let the insurance company keep the money, that's fine, but at least you're doing that with eyes wide open. We're going to get to the injury calculator after a short break, uh, right after we come back. In the meantime, the number is one 9646 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca as well. It's the Insurance and Injury Law Show, and this is Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 1-888-990-9646, the number to call anytime. Write it down if you need to get a hold of James or uh, Savannah, another member of the team at the firm. Email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to another email here. Uh, just a few minutes, but I've mentioned it a few times already, uh, Savan, guys, uh, injury calculator. Give me some details on it. Well, it's an online tool that we developed a few years back, and it allows people who don't want to necessarily give us a call or any lawyer a call about their injury. They just want to, you know, Google the result, just figure out, is it worthwhile for me to start a legal claim for compensation if I've been injured as a result of someone's uh, negligence, uh, be it a car accident or, you know, I was a pedestrian hit by a car or I slipped and fell on ice very, very important, very, very important to go to this online tool that allows you to figure out what are you potentially owed for your pain and suffering. And all it is, is it's a legal database that we've put together that allows you, again, within 10, 15, 20 seconds to just input some key pieces of information about your injury. And that uh, database essentially scans through decisions from across Canada of people who've had similar injuries to yours and tells you in those cases, here's the range the dollar amount range that people have been awarded uh, for their pain and suffering. But remember, it's only for pain and suffering, right? right? I mean, every case is specific on its fact. You can have an injury to someone's uh, hand, you know, fingers. I don't know. Let's say there was some kind of an injury and, and now they can't use their left hand. Well, maybe that person needs both hands. Maybe, you know, they work in a factory or maybe they're, I don't know. A surgeon. A, a surgeon right. or, or, you know, a, a, a musician, something like that. Well, the, the income loss component, uh, right. component of your claim could, could potentially dwarf the actual injury compensation, the actual pain and suffering compensation. So it's very important 
that, you know, that is just a starting point. And when you get the result from that calculator, you can actually press a button at the end asking for a consultation with us, or, or you don't have to, but the option is there for you. Injurycalculator.ca is the website. So when you guys decide to pull the trigger and start a claim against an insurer for an LTD claim, do you wait months trying to negotiate, sit back and hang out like a lot of insurance companies do, or you just, you go right at them? Well, John, it's, this is a good question because unfortunately, some people contact us after they've retained lawyers to deal with these kinds of issues, and they contact us because they don't understand why it is that it's taking the lawyers that they've retained months, if not years, to start these legal proceedings. And in the meantime, they're burning through money, money that they don't have, savings, uh, borrowing from other people. No, at our firm, it's very simple. As soon as we have all of the information we need, and, you know, it, that's not a lot of information. It, we need to understand what is the basis for, for the, the claim, for the disability. We need to look at some medical documents, particularly ones from your doctors who have said that you're disabled from working. We want to see the denial letter, things like that. We start a claim immediately. And the reason we do that is because it's going to take time to resolve anyways. What is the point of waiting weeks, months, and perhaps years? All, all that happens is that it puts our client at a disadvantage and again, it allows the insurance company to keep for all that time the money that is rightfully owed to you. So no, we, we don't do that. And, and you know, again, people are getting very frustrated when they listen and they know that th- th- they've retained lawyers and those lawyers are engaged in these negotiations back and forth that are just fruitless no. and unnecessary. And remember, without a legal claim, without a legal claim actually filed against the insurance company, the insurance company is under no pressure to respond. Once we start a legal claim, it's like putting a gun, legally speaking, figuratively speaking, mm-hmm. to the insurance company's head. They have to deal with us and they can't just, you know, let time pass. one 990 the number anytime. Get a hold of James or Savannah at the firm. The email is help at the insurancelawyer.ca, which Georgina used. And I'll read this to you now, guys. Uh, one of you can grab this one. It says, uh, I fell on ice when I walked it, uh, out from a store back in January. I broke my pelvis, my left ankle. I'm 42 and I just started a new job at a local department store. I haven't been able to go back to work and I had to get some help at my home with my kids. When my husband went back to complain about all the ice, he was told that uh, this was not the first time this year and that there were issues with the guy who was supposed to salt the area. He also took photos showing all the ice. Smart guy. Uh, What can or should we do now? Well, first and foremost, give us a call. Um, I'm very happy to hear, Georgina, that your husband went back and took pictures. Um, That is going to be very useful for sure. Obviously, one of the issues that we want to uh, be able to address is who is responsible. And if there was ice there and it hadn't been salted, it would seem that the, the store owner or the property owner is going to be on the hook. And that evidence in the photographs is going to be very helpful, as will Um, the evidence from uh, the gentleman who said that it's been a problem ongoing for some time over the winter. So that's all very helpful. Um, Based, obviously, on the type of injuries that we're talking about, you know, the broken pelvis, that's a significant claim. Um, There is going to be significant money for pain and suffering on a claim involving a broken pelvis. Uh, You just started a new job, and there's going to be an income loss component to that as well. Um, So what we can do is start a claim. Um, One of the issues, though, that I suspect you might be facing is issues in terms of getting treatment. Uh, One of the few benefits, if you are injured, to being injured in a a car is that you have access to the accident benefits, and we talk about that all the time. 
if you're injured in a slip and fall accident, you don't have access to the accident benefits. Now, sometimes you might have extended health coverage, but it sounds like you just started your job. And for most people, they're not covered under benefits for some period of time. And if you're not covered for benefits, it may be difficult for you to get the treatment that you need. Now, what we can do, and it's not always going to work, but what we can do in a situation where it's pretty obvious who is at fault, and it sounds like that's the case here with the photographs um, that your husband took that should be easy to establish, where the at-fault party knows that they're at fault and there is an objective injury, as you have here, a broken pelvis. No one can dispute that. Um, Sometimes the defendant... Um, or the insurance company representing the defendant will recognize that it is in their interest to help you rehabilitate and to pay for your treatment. And that is something that we can ask for. Now, there's no guarantee that they're going to say yes, but it's certainly something that I make a practice of doing in those circumstances because there are enough times where they will understand that it is in everyone's best interest to make sure that you get treatment as soon as possible. Um, So the thing to do, give us a call and we'll take it from there. One thing that I want to mention, uh, this is about, um, you know, Georgina contacting us, is that a lot of people who suffer slip, uh, uh, slip and fall accidents, they try to deal with uh, the um, the defendants or whoever it is that they're going after for the negligence mm-hmm. on their own. And what happens is that as soon as an insurance company gets involved, they send one of their field adjusters to get a statement from you. And it's very dangerous to give one of those statements to the adjuster without speaking with a lawyer first, or at the very least- It could be a word or two. Yeah, right? consulting. Yep. You have to be very careful. I mean, you can say something that you just don't mean that, you know, in, in, you know, uh, in general conversation is no big deal. No but, big deal whatsoever. Yeah. For example, you know, I think that this is why I fell. Yeah. Well, okay, so you don't know, right? You think. Yeah. And then what they'll do is, uh, you know, first of all, they'll be very friendly with you and they'll get everything down on paper and then, you know, they'll get you to review it and then you'll sign it. And then they're going to just keep that in their file in the event that you end up going to a lawyer. Right. And again, John, I can't tell you how many times as a defense lawyer, when I worked for insurance companies, I would love that because as soon as there would be a new lawyer, um, introduced, right? The individual would be doing the insurance company. And then at some point there would be silence. And then months later, there's a lawyer who started a claim. I would look at the statement that the field adjuster that was working for the insurance company that I'm working for, uh, the statement that he took, and lo and behold, there's one or two words or phrases that are very helpful to my client, and I would give that to the other lawyer, and the other lawyer would look at me and would be shaking his head, and, you know, we both would know what that means. It just meant that his client just automatically reduced their claim uh, by thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars because they said that wrong thing because they didn't consult a lawyer before they met with that adjuster. So don't be one of those people. An experienced lawyer who gets one of those has just learned not to shake their head visibly so that the defense lawyer can see it. Uh You you know, you you keep your disappointment inside. You you do, you do. But sometimes uh, it's just, it's it's overwhelming. I I mean, I can tell you, I've been been in, in, you know, on, on the other side where the client that's retained me without me knowing that they had given a prior statement, right? You know, I, I never let it be known to the other side mm-hmm. that I was disappointed at the statement, but certainly I knew at that point that the claim was worth a lot less because my client had said something they should not have said before they retained me. one 990 is a number to uh, get a hold of Savannah James at the firm, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca as well. We'll continue. A couple more uh, segments here as we take a short break in the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
The number is one 990 and help at the If you haven't checked it out yet, uh, injurycalculator.ca. Find out exactly what the pain and suffering component of your claim should be. I want to move over to uh, an email from Neil. says, uh, I've been going back and forth with my lawyer about my long-term disability claim, and I don't understand what is going on with my claim. I was cut off benefits last June, and he told me that he can negotiate with the insurer a settlement, but from what I see, nothing has been done. I don't even think he started a legal claim the way you described. He tells me that I should be patient, but we're borrowing money just to pay the mortgage so we don't go into default. Uh, Is it supposed to take this long? Neil, here's the way I can answer this question. I can tell you what my practice is. When I get a call or I meet with someone who has been denied their long-term disability, I get the file as soon as possible, typically a month or less, um, and I review it. And as long as what I see in there supports a claim, in other words, is a good argument Mm -hmm. against the insurer having denied or cut off your benefits, I'm going to start a claim right away, right then. Um, typically speaking within a year, often as early as six, eight months, we're at a mediation and we're trying to resolve the claim. And as often as not, it's going to get resolved then and there. That's the way that I approach claims. It can take longer. Sometimes after we start the claim, the insurance company doesn't want to come to the table for whatever reason. It's unusual. I don't see it often. But that can happen, that it is in their control to say, no, I don't want to come to the table now. I want to go through the whole litigation process. Again, unusual, but it can happen. So I'm not going to tell you that it's impossible for a disability claim to take a year or two, but it's unusual. It's not the way my practice typically runs. And I don't want to be unfair to your lawyer and say that he's done something wrong when I haven't actually been able to review the file. But if he hasn't started a claim at this point, Um, You know, certainly that's not the way that I would run uh, any file that I had. I think as long as you don't do that, as long as you keep the control uh, within the insurance uh, insurance company's purview, then I think you're really missing the boat. I think it's going to be much more difficult for you to extract the maximum value for the claim until you've actually started the sure. legal process. So, you know, if you're right and, you're, and your lawyer hasn't started a legal claim, um, I would say that, you know, it probably is taking longer because of that. That's my guess. I, I don't disagree with anything that James said, I, but I am going to be pretty hard on this lawyer, Neil. Uh, on, on, I was trying on, not to be. Also, I, no, I always love it when you start out with, I'm not going to disagree with anything <laughs> you said, but no, no, I always I'm, know I'm there's something good coming. I'm not disagreeing. But I just want to focus on something that you didn't talk about, which I think is a huge red flag here, which is this. Neil, you said you've been going back and forth with your lawyer about your claim. And then you said, I don't understand what is going on with my claim. That is a huge problem. You should know what is going on with your claim. In fact, if a client ever came to me and said to me, I don't understand what's happening, then not only would I speak with them for as long as it took to explain to them, you know, from a bird's eye view, just just from, you know, global perspective, where are you at in the claims process? I would email them here, one, two, three, four, here are the steps for your claim. Here's where you fall. And here's where the next date is or, or the date that we're hoping we will get nailed down to move your claim forward. You need to have that information. If you don't have that information, you know, this is like taking your car to a mechanic 
and asking the mechanic to do work and not understanding anything about what is being done. Well, that's uh, usually the case with mechanics. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right, but you don't want that to be the case. You need to understand, which is why they get you to sign off on whatever they're doing. Right. But you know, more often than not, when people call me and they have questions, they want a second opinion, and I ask them basic questions about their case. They have no clue where their case is, is you know, stands at. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a major issue. I agree with you, and it is something that I say to my clients all the time whenever I finish explaining anything i ask them if they understand and i mm-hmm. reiterate with them i'm happy to t- i'm happy to go through this from a different direction explain this as many times as is necessary until you understand right. it because it's imperative the client needs to know what's going on you're absolutely right we'll take a uh, short break and into one more segment here possibly another email one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is your number help at the insurance that is the email address to get a hold of james and savannah as well insurance and injury law show global news radio 640 toronto one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Help at the insurance lawyer.ca is the email address. We got time for one more. We get to uh, Dana. Says uh, I've been listening to your show for about a year and always found it very interesting. I'm a social worker and I recently visited a lady who was injured a few months ago when a car hit her at an intersection. She was diagnosed with a concussion and several fractures. Her two daughters are helping her around the clock and she's not doing very well. She's in her mid-50s. My understanding is that they are uh, very concerned with her prognosis. She attends the brain injury clinic downtown Toronto and her family is quite worried. Could you speak with her family about what they need to know regarding compensation and or financial help? Yes, absolutely we can. And you know, John, we've been getting a lot of uh, emails and and calls from practitioners from around really the province, all across Ontario, whether it's psychologists in Ottawa or nurses. I mean, I've had a nurse call me one time from a hospital where she was taking care of a paraplegic man. Uh, You know, people in that industry, people who are social workers, physiotherapists, I mean, they see people who are injured, who, who are disabled all the time, and they have questions because they want the best for their patients. It's imperative that these individuals speak with with a competent lawyer. I mean, we're here. We'd be more than happy to speak with these individuals. But sometimes the practitioners themselves, the individuals who are providing the treatment or providing assistance like this lady here, they themselves have these questions because, you know, they see these things on a daily basis and they just want to know. What what can we do to are help? You covered? The, yeah, yeah. Are, are you covered for themselves, but also for their patients? So I really urge a lot of people out there, uh, practitioners like like this lady, a social worker, whether you're a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever, wh- whatever you do, if if you if you are in a profession that sees these kinds of individuals on a daily basis and you have questions of your own, feel free to contact us. Mm-hmm. We'll be more than happy to speak with you, to sit down with you, to give you the information you need. Uh, that perhaps could be helpful to your patients. I would actually extend that a little bit further um, because what Dana's asking about is whether we can speak to um, this lady's family. And the answer is, of course, yes. Uh, If you have a family member or a close friend that's been injured, um, and let's say that they're injured in such a way that they can't communicate um, for whatever reason, you can certainly give us a call and discuss their situation. Um, there's no reason why that doesn't compel your friend or your family member to do anything. It just gives you information to help them. If they want to act on that or if their family wants to act on that, that's fine and we can we can discuss that at an appropriate time. But you can absolutely call us and get the information for your loved one or for your friend. Got about a minute or so, uh, Savannah, I mentioned it earlier. Give me some details on fightformyltd.com before we go. So again, it's one of those websites you can go to if you don't want to call us directly and you just want to understand 
you know, your rights if, if you have a long-term disability claims, uh, a, a claim if you've been denied or, or you've been cut off long-term disability. If you go to that website, on the right side of the screen, you'll see that there are five simple questions that you can just answer. Uh, it'll take you, again, about 10 seconds, 15 seconds, and you press submit. I get those submissions, and I'll tell you very quickly, literally within minutes, whether or not I think you have a legal case here against your long-term disability insurer. And if you want to proceed, that's great. And if you don't, that's great as well. But at least you were able to get that information from the comfort of, of your home or wherever it is that you are without actually speaking with anyone. Done for another week, fellas. Nicely done. For, uh, fightformyltd.com is the website that uh, Savannah was just speaking about and always injurycalculator.ca. Check that one out uh, as well. The phone number, one 990 You want to send an email now that we're done for this week? Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. It's the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.